Fantasy Sports Primetime on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Buck Rising. If you're new to the show, and I'm proud as always to be presented to you by somebody who is not new to Middle Tennessee. That's Two Rivers Ford. In fact, they've been around for 40 years almost in Middle Tennessee, specifically in Mount Juliet. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. No stranger to the Middle Tennessee area also is the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Working here, living here, building better communities here is the Gary Ashton team. Go to GaryAshton.com and find your dream address without the stress today. So, day one of mandatory minicamp. I was expecting Derrick Henry to, you know, I don't know what I was expecting from Derrick Henry, but it's always a pleasant, uh, I don't want to call it a surprise, but it's always good to see him, right? There's different energy when he's out on the practice field. There's a different level of intensity from the players. Derek is obviously the biggest star power factor on the team. So to get the opportunity to talk to him and catch up with him and see how he's been doing since the Cincinnati Bengals game is always, uh, always appreciated. And when you look at what Derek Henry is getting ready to go through, it's really the first time where Derek will be under such heavy scrutiny as far as what he's able to do, right? Before, when he was drafted in the league, he was behind DeMarco Murray for a considerable amount of time that he had to basically reestablish himself a few years into his career. And now there's a standard that we all hang, uh, that we all hold, rather, Derrick Henry to, and that is a standard of excellence. Henry is the franchise, Jose Benitez says. And, you know, uh, yes, basically, he's a considerable portion of it. He is the greatest uh, source of your recent success. Obviously, there's a lot of other players on the Titans that have contributed to their success. But I'll tell you that as far as Derrick Henry is concerned, there is probably no one of singular greater importance to this franchise in total on the field and off than Derrick Henry. So we're looking at this and we're we're uh, talking to Derrick Henry today about, hey, you know, how's the foot? How are things going? Do you feel good? Did you feel good out there? We've seen your Instagram workout videos. Seems like things are going well. And for Derek's, uh, to Derek's credit, he said, yeah, you know, the foot, the foot has been fine. Uh, he seemed to not have any limitations out there. Mike Vrabel was pleased with the, the work that he got in. But then we brought up the idea, I believe it was Teron Davenport specifically, that brought up the question of Derek Henry um, and, you know, people who doubt him heading into a season where he's going to turn 29, where there's already a significant amount of skepticism around running backs with a heavy usage rate, especially when you look at the numbers for Derrick Henry and see how many carries he gets inside the 20, right? Uh, Derrick's game has never been um, never been heavily factored on making people miss, right? He's going to stiff arm you. He's going to run through you. But there's a lot of contact that's involved with that. And no matter how superhuman you are, those things can accumulate under uh, certain circumstances and more often than not, right? And so Teron asked Derek, yeah, you, you see a lot of this stuff out here about how you may not be able to rebound or get back quite to form as we've seen from you in years past. And, you know, I thought Derek Henry's answer was pretty interesting today on that subject, Matt. I feel good. Um, I've been training since I left and um, got out here and felt good. I've been a good offseason. Feel good. What's kind of been the focus 
for you, Derek, as, as you kind of gear up for another season? You kind of continue to do what you've done. You had anything new? What, what's kind of been the plan? Really, the the the, um, the same stuff. Um, I've been working with uh, PT uh, Luke Miller, who uh, worked under the guy who did my surgery, and um, you know, doing a lot of footwork and. You know, making sure that, you know, finding my toes. He always tells me that when I'm working out. Just all, all type of different stuff, just so, you know, I'm balancing my foot. Uh, I feel good and, you know, running hills, um, doing restricted running, and, you know, being on the field, catching the ball, just doing all, all those type of things to make sure I'm ready. What would you say the status of the foot is at this point? How long has this been since I played? Foot good. Foot is good. <laughs> So Derek's not worried about foot. And when uh, Teron asked him about, you know, do you hear people that doubt you? And he said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hugely motivated individual. This is something that uh, people may be motivating me without even knowing it because I do pay attention to the things that are written. Uh, and he didn't say specifically that he pays attention to things that are written, but he sees some of the criticism out there, right? And basically his response was, yeah, we're going to see. Oh, we'll see how it goes. Doubters can continue to do as they will, and I'll continue to go about my work ethic. And that's been a pretty, that's pretty, it's a pretty interesting spot to see Derrick Henry in because this is the first time it's kind of been that way, right? Where you're looking at Derrick and saying, and a lot of people are looking at Derrick. Maybe locally, I think more people give Derrick the benefit of the doubt. He's an incredibly hard worker. He's been hugely successful. He has literally set records as a running back for the Tennessee Titans and is a part of NFL history. So I think people here, both local media and you guys as fans, you're not as quick to write him off because you've seen every moment, every spectacular play, every incredible run, the history that he's literally made. And it's difficult to see all of those things in real time and, and for me to cover them and say, yeah, you know, I don't think he can do them again though. But that's the question, right? How repeatable is it or how easy will it be or how difficult rather will it be for him to get back to form? So let's start with your two rivers Ford take on this Tuesday night. Let me know in the comment section, how should the Titans manage Derrick Henry this season? You've heard from him. He's not worried about the foot. Uh, whether you think there needs to be an adjustment in his workload, you know, you understand how heavy the usage rate was in uh, 2021, before the injury ended up happening, your two rivers Ford take, how should the Titans manage Derrick Henry this season? We'll talk about it together, and while you guys give me your response, I will tell you about the people who make this take possible, your take possible. That's two rivers Ford. Two rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. That's where you go for not just the Built For You program, which allows you to customize any Ford vehicle, any color that you choose, with any customizable accessories, but that's the place that you go for certified Ford Blue Advantage pre-owned vehicles. Two Rivers Ford has one of the state's largest selections at their dealership in Mount Juliet, and if you're shopping for a pre-owned vehicle because it's more of a fit for your budget right now, you want to get it from a dealership that you know that you can trust. Two Rivers Ford is that dealership, and they will make sure that you get exactly what you need that fits your family's budget, and your needs. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, how should the Titans manage Derrick Henry this year? Is management even necessary for what we know this dude to be? Or do you think they should just continue to run Derrick run 
the way that they have done for basically the better part of three previous seasons. Uh, let's take a look at some of the comments here tonight. Uh, for Robert Truss Jr. on Facebook Live, Robert says no more than 20 carries before the buy feature Hilliard more. Uh, easy, less than 27.4 carries per game, which is right around, um, that's an oddly specific number. I assume that's the exact numbers of carries per game that Derrick Henry was getting during the regular season, Matt. I know that he was averaging somewhere in the ballpark of 29 touches total a game, so that would probably uh, that would probably be an accurate number, and it's an incredibly high usage rate, right? Especially, again, when you look at how often this dude is getting the ball inside the 20. There's no room to evade tacklers. You're just getting hit every time you do it. Now, uh, the punishment that that requires, Derrick Henry is a giant human being, and he's built like a slab of marble, and that's not going to go well for the defender as well. But even still, an accumulation of hits like that builds up over time. So you're looking at that and saying, okay, how can we manage this better and still get the best possible version of Derrick Henry? At this point, uh, give it time, says Chris Frazier. Uh, oh, Chris Frazier is uh, arguing amongst uh, amongst you guys. He says every first down we're running the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's been they run the ball on first down and on second and long more than any team in football the last year. Uh, they ran it on first at first down more than any team in football. They ran it on second and six plus, which is, you know, the equivalent of second and long on more second and six plus carries than any other team in football, right? They're going to run the football and it's a matter of time before that grinds Derrick Henry down. So do you, do you find a way to make it more manageable? Do you limit his carries? Do you find ways to get Hilliard or in the case of Hassan Haskins, the rookie out of Michigan, do you give him a greater share of the carries as you try and get Derrick up to speed or you do the thing that Derrick Henry has always done so successfully, which is volume carries. Like this has been the case at Alabama. Nick Saban understood this. Uh, this has been the case really every year but 2018 under Mike Vrabel. The, the usage rate for Derrick Henry continues to be sky high. And while the efficiency metrics are not there and the making, he doesn't make defenders miss. And again, I I grow more and more concerned with that every season, even as he is so physically overwhelming. That does seem to be the best version of Derrick Henry that's just going to grind you down into a pulp because he's much bigger than you. And so for all of these things, I think that I think that when you uh I think that when you go through all of this, I think that when you go through all of this, there's a lot of there's a lot that needs to be taken in, into consideration because you can there there's not many of them that have done it but you can be a power back like Derrick Henry is and have a longer career than somebody like that should the only other example of somebody who's been successful across a long period of time in the NFL doing something like that is Adrian Peterson which is probably the best career comparison for Derrick across uh, across the recent NFL history, right? That's kind of the place where that's kind of the place where you look at the numbers and the amount of carries and the athleticism and the breakaway speed, all these different things. And you say, all right, Derrick Henry is kind of uh, Derrick Henry is kind of in a situation 
where that seems to make the most sense as far as the trajectory of Derrick Henry is concerned. Um, we are a running team, says Robert. Yes, that's accurate. Demetrius says 22 carries or less per game. Give Hilliard and Haskins three to five carries a game. Well, it, it depends on whether they leave him in on third down this year or not because they have he hasn't been as big a part of the offense as you would think on third down, but that's because you know, if they're in obvious passing situations, Derrick Henry usually isn't in the game. That role has been Jeremy McNichols over the past couple of years, uh, Dion uh, Dion Lewis uh, in 2018, and I think in a little bit of 2019, if my memory is correct. And that was supposed to be Darrington Evans. Now, Deontay Foreman was not that, right? Deontay Foreman was closer to Derrick Henry. So is Hassan Haskins. Those aren't really receiving backs. That will be Dontrell Hilliard this year. But I think for all of the different uses of Derrick Henry, I I don't think it's in physically his best interest, but I think the strategy for Derrick Henry largely works. Now, would I like to see them run it less on first down and run him straight into a defense? Yes, in fact, I would. I would like to see more explosive plays in the passing game. I would like to see a better version of the play-action passing game. I would like to see more two tight end sets that diversify the offense, whether it's in 12 personnel where you got two tight ends on either, you know, one on the line of two on the line of scrimmage or one on the line of scrimmage, one split out wide, whether you're running 21 personnel, which is technically two backs in the backfield. But if you've got a Johnu Smith like player, like you do in Chigakonkwo, you can do some creative things like Arthur Smith did, where you've got Johnu, or in this case, Chig, in the backfield with Derrick Henry or whomever the running back is, right? Just diversification of the offense in a style that gets him hit less often, but also allows him to be the best version of himself. I think that volume carries is the way to go with Derrick, though. Again, I don't think that's in his best interest physically, but I think for the purposes of the Titans' offense, it's the kind of trade-off that somebody at that position inherently makes when they sign up to be a running back. And that's the thing that Derrick Henry does best. I think that it's going to continue to look that way. Uh, Jimbo says, give Buck a partner at night. He needs help reading comments. Well, I have a partner. Producer reads in the background. I don't think I have uh, need help reading comments. I just don't like reading so many of them. Not that I want you guys to stop commenting, but you know, there's a lot of comments and I'd rather not just be like, well, Robert says this, and Jimbo says that, and Demetrius says this, and Wilson says that, and Bryce says this. I could do that if you want to, but I don't want to do that. And I, you know, frankly, it's kind of, I, my my therapist says that I don't play well with others. So this is the best version of the of the show. It's why the radio show solo. It's why the only time that I have people on with me as co-hosts is on the 615 sessions because it only lasts about 15 to 17 minutes because apparently that's all I'm tolerable for. But uh, larger point being, we have the budget to hire a great many people, Jimbo. It's just that I actively choose not to work with anybody else because I like to do things on my time. And this allows me to do everything that I want on my time. It's very selfish of me, I know. But if I wanted to read more comments, I'd read more damn comments. Uh, unfortunately, Arthur Smith isn't working. Speaking of comments, Bryce Erickson. Uh, Arthur Smith isn't walking back through that door, so Tanny's best years are done. Well, I don't think that's so. I don't think, listen. Here's what I'll say, and then we'll move on. And I, this is probably something I'm going to do a little more research into um, now that the offseason is coming up, right? Tomorrow is the last day of practice uh, as far as the, uh, as far as the um, 
rookie or rather mandatory minicamp is concerned. And then six weeks will be without football because the NFL will go on summer vacation. By the way, um, that means that I also go on a considerable amount of summer vacation because this is my opportunity to take vacation. But I think that uh, I think that what I want to look into is I think and I've written about this already a little bit for those of you who read what I write at AtoZSports.com. Um, you know, I think Todd Downing has the tools to find a better version of both Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry through the kind of offense that I think Todd wants to run. But I do think that there were personnel limitations that uh, that put him in a different position. And I also think he didn't do enough to adapt in those situations. Now, they did enough to get the number one overall seed, right? And those things can be uh, debated all day long. But I think ultimately that uh, I think ultimately that when you when you look at Ryan Tannehill, I don't think he's 33 years old. And Derrick Henry at 28, I think both of them still have highly productive years left at their disposal. It's just a matter of whether we see the coaching staff put them in a proper position. And by the way, they also need to step up. Ryan Tannehill can afford to play better. There's no disputing that. Ryan Tannehill individually can play better. And I believe that we're going to see a better version of Ryan Tannehill in 2022. Uh, Jamal says, Buck, I live in Killeen, Texas. How can I listen to your radio show? Well, uh, the radio show is uh, the radio show is also live stream in the same way that you watch this on Facebook or YouTube, Jamal, if you so choose. But it's live from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. So you can uh, live stream it there. You can watch it after the fact. If you want, all three hours are live streamed. That We also have an app uh, for you to listen to on your phone if you would like to. And also there's a podcast. All you got to do is search The Buck Rising Show. Um, I think we're having... John Robinson on later in the week, which I will, uh, which I will keep you guys informed about. Um, we've got what two nights left on the primetime show. I'm pretty sure we're going to have John by the end of the week, but I'll keep you guys updated at this point. Dom Odell says me personally, I've grown exhausted with the Henry thing. Every year we hype him up, project him to be a hall of famer, but at the end of the day, what does that do for the franchise as a whole? And I, I don't, I think that's uh I think that's a valid, uh, I think that's a valid statement. In fact, I think that's a very well thought out statement, Dom, because yes, Derek statistically and individually is unprecedented. How much does that actually go ahead to how much does that actually advance the success of the football team? Well, they are, they are good for having Derek Henry on the roster. Of course, that they are made better by Derek Henry's presence and, we know that they would certainly be a worse football team without Derrick Henry. Now, when you kind of uh, when you kind of look at all this, when you kind of look at all this and see, you know, how far the Titans have gone, their most successful season under Vrabel came literally on the back and on the legs of Derrick, right? And it was in a moment where, you know, it was basically can Derrick Henry outgun Patrick Mahomes? And the answer was no, you can't do that. That singularly, you need uh, more help from the quarterback. You need more help from the skill position players. And at that time, they didn't have the pass rush that they do now. And that's something that they're very much banking on. Um, I think that it did get them to the AFC Championship game, right? And so that is more success than the Titans have had in a considerable amount of time. Of course, I don't, I don't have to tell you guys that has been a down, down tremendous franchise for a very, very long time. And Frankly, the only uh, I got here when things started to get good, right? My my first year 
was their last losing season, and that was all the way back in 2015. It's been a long time at this point. They've done well to turn this thing around, and Derrick Henry has been a massive part of that so far. Uh, but let's talk about Traylon Burke. Speaking of a skill position player help, because he wasn't available at practice today. Again, uh, this is the second straight practice that has been available to us, and he wasn't available at all. We will talk about, uh, we will see whether... We will see whether uh, Traylon Burks is available on the practice field tomorrow, but at this point, that's a thing. So I'm going to ask you, and I'm not looking to stir the pot at all. I just want to know, what is your biggest concern with Traylon Burks still missing practices at this point? I think you have to understand the heat. I think you have to understand the asthma situation, but you also have to look at this and say, well, you need him to perform at some point, and there are valuable reps being missed out on right now with him simply not out on the field. So your biggest concern with Traylon Burks still missing practices, let us know in the comment section, and we will discuss at length together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team is not just the official real estate agent of me. They're not just the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, but they're the best in the business at GaryAshton.com. They are going to help you get the Intel edge that allows you to maximize your profits on the home that you are looking to sell right now, if you are looking to sell in this red-hot Nashville real estate market. And if you are looking to sell, they will help you find your next home so you don't have to stress while you are trying to sell your current one. The Ashton team is the best in the business. They are located here in Nashville they work for Nashvillians and across Middle Tennessee. The number one REMAX agency in the world is GaryAshton.com. The best in the business, uh, if I do say so myself. So what is your biggest concern for the amount of practices that Traylon Burks is missing? Uh, Burks ain't it, says Chris Frazier, simply and plainly. Uh, Corey Smith says, wondering how, how soon we'll sign another wide receiver just in case. I don't anticipate them doing that. Corey, I, I think I told you guys what we've been, we're 13 days removed from Julio Jones cap relief day for those who celebrate. And I am looking at this and I told you then on June the 2nd that I didn't expect them to go on any kind of a June spending spree. Now, uh, as players get released um, closer to the season, maybe you see uh, a uh, depth piece picked up, but there's not going to, they're not adding starting caliber wide receivers right now. Now, I mean, what is a starter really? You're just looking for contributors as far as role positions are concerned. But maybe the kind of players that would be interested or would be interesting to the Titans, maybe that's not the role that they're looking for. Uh, maybe they're looking for an opportunity to get lots of targets, get paid again, sign a longer-term deal elsewhere because this is not a place that's looking to sign them to long-term deals. This is not a place that's going to provide them long-term security because of what they currently have at the wide receiver position, and certainly with Robert Woods's contract getting bigger next year, but no guaranteed money, uh, they're not assured a spot on the Tennessee Titans roster in the future. So, I think that I think that when you uh, I think that when you look at this, I don't much expect either on the uh, either on the wide receiver front or the offensive line. I really don't expect them to go much bigger than they already have. Like you probably see some bottom of the roster depth churn type of dudes um, 
at this point. But, you know, we'll see how the summer goes and what happens once we get to training camp. Uh, Chris Fraser says, you're going to hurt these Titans fans' feelings. I mean, you know, Chris, I'm not out to hurt people's feelings. I just, you know, I tell I, I tell you what I hear and what I see, and I give you my informed or educated opinion on it. Doesn't always mean that that's exactly what's going to happen every time, but I can, if you guys ask me a question about that kind of stuff, I can give you the lay of the land. And right now the lay of the land is they're not making any signings on the horizon right now, as we sit here today. Um, Julio didn't practice and didn't barely play. You have to practice, especially as a rookie. And that's my thing, right? When Mike Vrabel, when we get up to the podium and we ask Mike Vrabel about both Traylon Burks and Jeffrey Simmons, and Mike hits us with this. Yeah, just contract unavailable. Deal. Contract deal going on? Unavailable. That's how we're going to go when the guys don't practice. And it's not an injury report. Same deal with Traylon? Unavailable. Look at that shit-eating grin at the end of that clip. I went <laughs> He's Mike wants nothing to do with this. So they're asking initially about Jeffrey Simmons. Um, and and the uh the circumstance for Traylon Burks and Mike just Mike just cackling. I mean, not not outright cackling. I'm cackling at the face that Mike is making. Again, I would like to watch that face again, just for you guys to catch that that smirk, that that just <laughs> That terrible smirk at the end of the uh, of the clip when he's asked specifically about Traylon Burks and also Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, just contract unavailable. Contract deal going on? Unavailable. That's how we're going to go when the guys don't practice and it's not an injury report. Same deal with Traylon? Unavailable. Gets me every time. That's your head coach, Mike Vrabel. It is, uh, it's, it's, listen, he sticks to his guns on that, right? Uh, I heart Mike Vrabel says Denise. I mean, listen, yeah, he's doing it for a reason. He thinks it ultimately uh, protects the players. He doesn't think there's any benefit of talking about that kind of stuff publicly. And Jeff was there. He just wasn't practicing, right? So, you know, if it leaves us open to speculation about is Jeffrey Simmons doing a hold in as opposed to a hold out or some, some other such nonsense is, I'm sure will be started or be discussed on uh, the Titans Twitter or Titans internet um, or probably by Stillman. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's just Jeff, Jeff's here. He's just not practicing right now. And, uh, you know, it's reasonable to think that he was healthy because I just literally saw him at Von Miller's. Well, not literally in person saw him, but I saw him on social media. Uh, saw him on social media doing pass rush drills at Vaughn Miller's pass rush summit. So it's not like Jeff is incapable physically of doing things right now, unless he hurt himself at Vaughn Miller's pass rush summit, which would be uh, less than ideal as far as that's concerned. Corey Smith says, Vrabel, where's our Super Bowl trophy? Unavailable. That's right. <laughs> For now, we will see. Uh, yeah, Mike, Mike's ultimately going to be, dis uh, Mike's ultimately going to be, uh, judged his career with the Titans on did he win a Super Bowl or not right all head coaches are but uh Mike is Mike is getting Mike is getting to the place where he's winning at such a rate where he's always he's already got the best win percentage of any coach who is coached for the Oilers or Titans franchise across the regular season and playoffs he's been hugely successful at this point but we'll see how he goes along sustaining it 
Uh, Farsender says, excited to hear what you say about Tic Tac Titans tomorrow, which you have to say about as well. I already did that at the end of the radio show today um, because I got a couple of texts that, uh, texts that there would be plenty more dumb things in sports for me to use for the dumbest thing in sports on Wednesday. And so I could ignore that uh, or use at the time that silly uh, little uh, silly little uh, thought that uh, an account on Twitter called Tic Tac Titans put out. I assume he was being genuine with it because he seemed to take it very, very seriously. Um, but yeah, that was at just, and I, I don't, I don't know the guy. So like, I don't, I don't mean this is inherent disrespect, but it just read to me as somebody who has no idea about um, the actual goings on of the, of the football team or really specifically more about Malik Willis and Logan Woodside. Cause he was wild wrong about that. Um, but anyway, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. Anybody's entitled to their opinion on the internet, but if it's a dumb opinion, you know, the rest of us are allowed to tell you, you guys tell me when I have done opinions all the time and I love you for it. Uh, let's wrap things up with a gone viral video. This was producer Reed's question that he wrote in our rundown tonight, which NFL team catches the most strays on a regular basis. Let us know in the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length. Together, I'm sure you can come up with a few. The Patriots stay catching strays because they've been the best and people love to hate them. Um, the Detroit Lions are a laughing stock in the NFL. I think they are often the subject of, uh, who is it? Is it Annie Agar or Annie Agar? I don't know how to pronounce her name when she does the TikTok videos. They just absolutely, absolutely skewer the, skewer the Lions. Ken Kaniff says the Browns at this point. Yeah, well, the Browns are a shit show of their own making. And honestly... Um, with the Deshaun Watson stuff, like I think if again, Watson has not been proven guilty of anything yet. So I'll reserve judgment, um, as far as the details are concerned, but I think the Browns are the biggest defender in all of this for not just giving him $230 million, but guaranteeing it when they had no control over how much more information, uh, would come out. Greg Gunther says you don't listen to Locked On Titans podcast. LOL. Tic Tac Titans is his Twitter handle. No, I don't listen. To, I don't listen to Titans podcasts. Oh God, no! Are you kidding me? What? No, no. And that that's not got. It's there, I I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Again, I don't. I don't know this person. Um, and I'm not saying that to say I sound like a dick when I say that or a jerk when I say that. Rather, but like, I don't want to listen to Titans podcasts in my free time. Are you guys insane? <laughs> I I love you all and I love my job and I love covering the NFL uh for two companies that pay me well to cover the NFL and specifically the local professional football team. I'm not listening to more Titan shit in my free time. Yeah, it's just this is my job. I don't know what, it, what you guys think I'm putting I'm putting in the well, I I listen to my my buddies on the football and other efforts. So let me not let me not say that. Uh, Jimbo says Colts fan. That's right. No, I'm listening to Colts Colts podcast in my spare time. No, I don't I listen to music, man. I don't I don't want any more football in my life than the time I spend an entire, you know, professional lifetime at this point covering football, talking football, interviewing people about football, talking to football coaches and football players. I'm I'm not complaining about it, but you guys are nuts if you think I'm listening to more podcasts from other people about Titans opinions. Are you insane? I I already don't care what other people think anyway. Much less I'm gonna I'm gonna download their podcast and hear what they hear what they uh, have to say about things. Oof. No, 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 no. I uh, 
I, I need some peace. I need some sanity. I need a portion of my life that doesn't revolve around the damn Tennessee Titans because it is my entire professional existence. Why should it be my personal existence as well? Uh, other than, like I said, it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Who gets it? Who catches the most strays? Uh, it's the Cowboys, nine times out of ten. Always the Cowboys, forever the Cowboys, and this weatherman just took them down with a hatchet. Well, now we look at our 10-day forecast. It's looking a little bit like those Dallas Cowboys is peaking in the 90s. It's, I want to hear more of what he asked, how he follows that, because it cuts off after that. It's such a great line. He's clearly trying to think about it when he kind of, like those Dallas Cowboys, he thinks about it before he delivers the line, and it's something that he. I don't. I wonder if he had it prepared or not. That would be my question because I want and I want to know what his line was after the fact because it was tremendous. Again, uh, I I don't know the weather, man. Let me see if I can see the station on here. Well, now we look at our ten day forecast. It's looking a little bit like those Dallas Cowboys is peaking in the nineties. <laughs> It makes me laugh every time. I'm not sure what station it is. You can uh, you can look it up for yourself if you like. And we apologize for not attributing proper credit, but it is laugh out loud funny. The Cowboys catch the most strays. And, you know, I think that comes with the territory of being America's team. Um, uh, Buck, uh, Jimbo says, Buck, did you play football back in the day? I mean, what's back in the day? In high school, I played football. Um, but nobody cares about who played what sports in high school. Um, hell, I don't care about half the people who played sports in college. I cover pro sports, right? Well, I covered college football too, like power five, uh, producer Reed played collegiate football. I believe at the D three level Reed, Is that right? Thank you very much. He's nodding his head in the background. Um, so we do employ a, uh, former, uh, collegiate athlete on this uh, particular show. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I played football in high school. I think a lot of people played different sports in high school and I think it absolutely matters none to once you start talking about college and professional football. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those back in my day things like people who peaked in high school, but want to talk about it too much. And I just, I can't, I don't have the patience for that. I just truly don't. I don't know why I'm so sassy tonight, Reed. I don't know what happened. We, we were doing so well. We were doing so well. We were talking about this rising rose segment that you want to do every week. And I, uh, I don't. And I'm talking to a person that you guys can't see or hear on the screen, which is terrible streaming broadcast etiquette by me. But anyway, I uh, I appreciate you guys spending your evening with uh, with us, with Reed and I, each and every Sunday through Thursday night at about 8 p.m. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. We will have more Titans coverage for you. I will be at practice in the morning, and we will talk to as many different people and places as humanly possible. We'll also have Butch Spearden, who basically plans all of Nashville's major events on the radio show because Nashville's in the running for a World Cup bid. We'll find out on Thursday whether they get it or not. See you guys.